a few weeks ago, I heard in Jeremiah, the person who trusts in the Lord is like a tree planted by a stream uh, whose roots never wither and whose you know, leaves never fade and that they bear fruit all 12 months of the year because they're next to the water, these trees that are planted, not in the desert like those who trust in flesh, those who trust in men, those who trust in the Lord are planted by this river, this life-giving um, water. And today in the gospel, Jesus uses the same metaphor of a tree bearing fruit, um, that there's this invisible thing in the soul, in, in each of us, uh, that's invisible to others and sometimes even to ourselves, that, we're, that, that is our root system, so to speak, um, that's drawing nourishment from the soil of our lives and that it shows, it manifests itself in visible form through the fruit we bear. Through He's, he's talking about the words we say out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, only rarely do we know what's really in someone's heart. Like they could be a hypocrite. They could be faking it. We could be hypocrites. Um, but ultimately, like the real self is this subterranean under the earth, this root system where you're drawing your life from. It, it eventually will manifest. And if you're drawing your life from dirty water from garbage, sewage, you'll bear rotten fruit. The stuff that you say, the stuff that you do, your actions, the visible part of your life will be no good because you're not drawing your life from that which is pure, that which is actually nutritious and good and, and life-giving. I grew, I maybe mentioned this in a homily uh, months ago, but I grew to kind of dislike tree roots in the fall because we had a big sewing, you know, sewer problem in our uh, house caused by roots um, all, this, all the pipes I found out in Chicago, this is code, going from the house to the street to the sewer have to be ceramic. They have to be made of clay. Uh, and I'm no plumber, but that seems like not that great of a plan because tree roots can get into the little fissures and, and cracks in those things. And they like water, no matter what the water is. And the, the roots just find this little crack and eventually create this root wad in this, like, you know, uh, six or eight inch pipe uh, because it's just drinking and wherever the roots drink they just grow because that's what they do and they get more and more firmly planted in there and eventually it clogs up the whole sewer even we had a, a break in the thing um, then the dirt got in there and nothing could get out which is not good <laughs> and uh, we had an even more profound problem that I won't go all into but it was caused by this big maple tree in our front yard and I asked the plumber, I'm like, do you think it's that tree over there? It's way over there. You know, it's like 50 feet away or whatever. And he's like, if you look at the tree, what's above ground, just flip it upside down. That's what's underground. And I was like, whoa. I guess in my mind, I thought, yeah, this big maple tree, you know, it's like 50 feet tall, but it's got like, you know, 10 feet of roots or something like that. No, it's like really digging down wherever it finds water. And that's how it's able to stay, stand up straight and survive the winter and the storms and stuff is because it's so firmly rooted where it has drunk water. Um, and, and it just goes, it's kind of like that poster of the iceberg, you know, it's like the tip of the iceberg and all that's underneath it. It just kind of awes you like, whoa, there's this whole world that I'm not aware of, invisible, that's rooting the world that I see. You know, and I think that's what Jesus is getting at and what Jeremiah is getting at is like, that's what really matters. I was at dinner last night, um, with some people, and there was this woman who told the story of, of kind of her conversion, uh, how she became a dedicated Catholic. She grew up Catholic um, in Italy, actually. She spent half her time 
uh, in Italy and half her time here in the United States. Her dad was Italian, Catholic, and her mom was not Catholic, uh, but they met in Italy, and so they went to school over there. Her and her older brother went to school in Italy. And I didn't know this, but in Italy, in the public school system, they teach the Catholic religion, but you can opt out of it. So you can just say, I don't, I don't want to take it, I'm, I'm not Catholic, or, um, or I'm Catholic, but I don't want to take religion. Um, but in any event, she said it was very boring. The classes were super, super lame. Uh, really didn't get anything out of them. And one of her early memories when she was um, young was she overheard her brother asking her father if, she, if he could opt out of the religion classes because he wasn't getting anything out of them and he wanted to take photography instead, something he was actually interested in. And his father, their father, who was Catholic, um, but really didn't practice his faith. He didn't go to Mass on Sunday. He had earlier in their lives, but she noticed that he just kind of, as his mother, uh, her mother was not Catholic, and she went to the Methodist church occasionally. Like, he just got less and less dedicated to the Mass. And um, so his bro- her brother didn't expect much resistance, except that she overheard him say, you know, it's just kind of part of being Catholic and Christian. You just have to do this stuff sometimes. And I'm, I'm sorry, but... I, you need to take the class. And she remembers being really sad about that because it just was like, ugh, that's, that's all we have as Catholics is we just have to do a bunch of boring stuff. It's like Jesus came and he said, I came that you might be bored and be bored to the full and that you might just be miserable all the time and that will make me happy. Like, no, he didn't do that. He said that, that I came that you might have life and have it to the full And thanks be to God, she came to faith later on, but it wasn't through those classes. It was through a community of people uh, who took their faith very seriously and lived in community. Like, they actually made time to have dinner together, pray together, do service together, and they would go to Mass at places where they were being fed with the Eucharist and with the Word of God. Um, She said at that time it was also very sad because when she grew into her teenage years, she had a lot of questions that she had a hunch that religion had the answers to, but no one was telling them. Like she, she was particularly uh, disturbed by the fact of death. Like, we're all going to die, and so how does my life have any meaning? Like, you know, can, does anything last? Does anything finally matter? Um, and that's, it's very sad to me. I mean, thank God she, she came to faith later on, or she came to, she came to deepen her roots in, in Jesus later on, that he, like, actually is the answer to these questions. But it just resonated very deeply with me, especially being in the parish and a lot of parents talking to their kids in similar ways, especially teenagers who start to ask the, que- the deep questions of life and also find church, religion, Christ to have nothing to say to these deep questions. And so it's basically just boring, basically just something uh, that I don't really want to do. Um, they don't find it convincing that you just have to do it. Sorry. It's part of being Catholic. It's part of being grown up. You've got to do stuff you don't like to do. And it's sad, too, because Jesus is the answer. If he's anything, he's the answer to the question of death. St. Paul to the Corinthians, he says, Death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death in the Bible kind of has two different meanings. One is the biological death, your body dies, 
and the sickness that usually causes that. Like that's the shadow of death that we wander in. But there's this, also this sense of death as a lack of communion, of separation, alienation. And prior to Jesus, in the Old Testament, any sense of there being an afterlife, life after death, it was not like heaven. It wasn't like singing with the angels, seeing God face to face. It was this shadowy realm called Sheol. And the things in the Psalms, they would say like, can death give you praise, O Lord? Can anyone in the underworld praise you? No, we're completely cut off from the land of the living. To be alive, in other words, is to be connected, is to be in communion, to be with others. And being dead means you are totally alone. And that kind of death we feel on the day-to-day. That was what my friend at dinner last night, she was feeling as a teenager, was like, it's not just that my body will die. It's that, what if I'm dying right now? What if I'm just all alone? What if, like, finally nothing really matters and I'm not ultimately connected to any sort of life source? Anything that's giving me roots deeply so that I can, like, withstand storms and survive winters. Um, that's what Jesus has come to overcome. Biological death, certainly. We will rise from the dead. We've eaten the bread of eternal life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. But even here and now, those places where the shadow of death haunts us and we feel that absence very profoundly sometimes, that separation, that sense of like uh, alienation from God, from myself, from others, from the world. Jesus has experienced that on the cross. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's gone to the limits of our feeling of alienation, of separation from God, the consequence of our sin, that sting of death. And so there's nowhere on earth, there's nothing that we could feel, no darkness that we could endure that Jesus is not in, that isn't finally now in Christ a place of communion. That's why St. Paul can say, what can separate us from the love of God? Not sickness, not the sword, not nakedness, not even death. Nothing can separate us from the love of God because he's for us completely. But the question is, are we rooted in that? Do we actually believe that? And are we drawing our life from it? Because where we find, just like those roots in the pipe, like wherever we find that water, we will be rooted in it. But if all Christianity is, all religion is, all we're preaching to the world is this drag, this chore, this box we tick just to like say we did it, and we're not actually drawing our lifeblood from this bread of eternal life, um, we won't be rooted in it. And Lent is coming up on Wednesday, so it's a good time to think about that. You know, where am I drawing my life from? It's not, the point of Lent is not to just to do some heroic sacrifice to prove that we uh, are good, but to remove things in our lives that are keeping us from drawing our, our nourishment from the Lord. Um, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, these practices of renunciation, and of communion draw us deeper into the mystery of God and of this love, this communion that conquers death. So I invite you to, to think about that in these next few days. Where is the Lord inviting me to root myself more deeply in him so that I can might draw my life from him?